episode number seven. Welcome to the Getting Unstuck podcast, where you'll laugh, empathize, and learn how to turn your stuck spots into sources for energy and positive change. And now your host, the creator of the Stuck Method, Shira Taylor Gura. Hello, my dear listeners. So this is episode number seven, and I have decided that every seventh episode, I'm going to take a break from sharing with you my stuck stories and the lessons that you and I can learn from them. And instead, every seventh episode, I would like to do something a bit different. Whether it's sharing with you a book that I'm reading, introducing you to people that have influenced me and my work, exploring some more of the theory or philosophy behind the stuck method, or anything else that may be going on in the world of getting unstuck. Every seventh episode will be an opportunity to take a break and explore something new with you. So this is the first of the seven episode series, and it's going to be focused on exploring the first step of the stuck method, which is the stop. And this episode is also going to be a little different because it's going to be experiential. And now for the iTunes review of the week, this one comes from someone who named himself Big Lemur. And this person wrote, Shira's podcast provides words of wisdom every week. She is mindful, honest, and someone who can relate to the daily stresses of life. Getting Unstuck has been a go-to since episode one. Thank you for taking the time, Big Lemur, to offer that review. You know, before we go on, I, I just want to say, in addition to the work that I do, working with clients one-on-one and in groups, part of the other work I do is not working with people directly, but rather in other forms of creation. So for instance, writing my book, writing articles for magazines, doing this podcast, These are all ways that I connect and support people in their lives, but that I don't always know who I'm reaching and how exactly I'm reaching them. So this is just to say I thank each and every one of you who leaves a review for me. They really mean the world to me because they let me know how my services are providing value to your life. So please keep them coming, and again, thank you. Okay, so the topic that I would like to explore with you today is this concept of stopping. Many people tell me that this first step of the stuck method is the most difficult. So I'd like to explore on this episode two aspects of the stop. One is the why. Why is it important to take a stop? Why is it a part of this method? 
And the second aspect is the how. How does stopping affect me? How can I practice bringing stops into my life on a regular basis? So when we are in our stuck stories, we are in our stories. In other words, a situation happens, and instead of looking at the situation from the outside, or without bias, or without emotion, we are totally inside that story. We are enmeshed in it. And the story that we unconsciously create in our minds is relentless. It does not stop. If you can imagine for a moment a rat on a wheel that can't get off the wheel because the rat keeps running, this is exactly what happens with our minds and the stories that are in them. They are going and going and going. And the more you think about the situation, the more emotional you get. And the more emotional you get, the more you think about it. And quite probably, you may be bringing other people into your story. And it's getting bigger and bigger and maybe blown out of proportion, perhaps. And you can't let go of it. And you certainly can't get unstuck from it. And because it keeps going, and you can't get unstuck from something that keeps going. So <laughs> I just had this thought, I'm going to really age myself here. Uh, but it reminds me of the Energizer bunny commercials on TV when I was a kid, where the bunny would keep going and going and going. <laughs> Does anyone remember that? So anyway, that's what our minds do. They just keep going. When you are stuck in a story, you are really only reaffirming your own beliefs to yourself, and you are reinforcing your own point of view. Above all, when you are stuck in a story, you know you are right, and everyone else around you is wrong. Really, it's, it's like the physics of your mind. I remember learning in high school physics class that when you put an object into motion, that object will not stop ever unless another object or another force comes and stops it. And when you think about it, the same is true with our minds. When we put a story into motion, in our minds, that story is going to go on and on and on and on until you create a force that will temporarily stop it. And that is the power that you have within you. You know, I, I just had a relative come visit me last week here in Israel. I took him around northern Israel, which is where I live, for about a week, and it was really just an awesome opportunity to be together with a, a cousin that I haven't seen for many years. My youngest child is in kindergarten, so when he asked if he could join us on our daily outings, I agreed because I knew he wasn't going to miss much in kindergarten. And let me tell you, I fell in love with an insight that my cousin offered me. 
my cousin is not yet married and he's only 25 and he's not around children much at all. And he got a full dose of what it's like to be around a six-year-old for many hours on end. And this is what he said to me. The way little kids are in this world is like a representation of our minds. They're relentless. They're never satisfied. Even if you say no to them for something, they keep begging for the same thing over and over again. And even if you give them what they want, they want more. (laughs) It was wonderful. It was awesome. He was absolutely right. And I totally love that image that he offered me. Being around a child for that many hours really helps you appreciate how our minds naturally work. My son wanted ice cream. I said no. And then he asked me incessantly every five minutes for the next four hours for ice cream. And then he saw a toy that he wanted. And then he saw another toy that he wanted. And on and on and on his mind went. And our minds are just like that. And when you get to take a moment to quiet the mind down, you will see how much noise your mind actually has in it. We have thoughts, we have opinions, we have stories that we attach to. We're just like a child. Now, I'm not saying that we act childlike, But I am saying when we live without awareness and without clarity and without knowing what is true, we don't, we, we, we have the tendency to get hijacked by our emotions, just like a child does, exactly like a child does. And we stay hooked on those stories. And so the purpose of taking a stop isn't necessarily to stop thinking, right? We can't stop ourselves from thinking. That's impossible. But what we do have the power over is to redirect our attention to something else tangible in the given moment. Taking a stop can take many forms. You can take a stop by simply walking away from a situation. You can take a stop by journaling. And in a future episode, I'm going to dedicate a whole episode just on the the value of journaling. You can also take a stop simply by closing your eyes and redirecting your attention to your breath. That's the stop that I take most. So the purpose of the stop is to temporarily separate yourself from the story that you're in. That's the purpose. Because when you take that first step to stop, you begin to pave a way for you to start breaking your story into its parts, into the emotions, the beliefs, the facts, your response, what really was true. And this path is what will ultimately get you unstuck you need to take the stop first before you try to get unstuck. Taking stops also has benefits. Stopping is good for you. 
When you take a stop, you slow down the lightning fast reactivity of your brain and you refrain from escalating a situation. When you take a stop, you submit to yourself that you are in control and you have the ability to break away from the story that you're in in order to be present. When you stop, you acknowledge that you are preparing to open yourself to alternative ways of perceiving your current situation. The value of the stop is that it enables you to begin the process of stepping outside of your story. So health benefits. When, when most people think about ways to improve their, improve their physical and their mental health, they most of the time think about actions that they need to do, right? They need to go to the gym or they need to start a diet or all these things they need to do. But stopping, in other words, not doing anything can be just as helpful for your health. Being stuck on something is a stressor. It is like being in a short-term emergency. When you are stuck on something, your body focuses on survival. Being stuck on something causes your body to react just as it would in a real life-threatening situation. And that's known as our fight or flight mechanism. Whether you're facing a real physical stressor, like you're defending yourself from a hungry bear, which doesn't really happen to most of us at any time in our lives, or whether you're facing an an emotional stressor, like you're defending yourself from someone screaming at you, and yes, that does happen to us in our lives, your body prepares itself physiologically for that situation. Stored energy in your body quickly rushes out to your muscles, stress hormones are released into your bloodstream, your heart rate goes up, your blood pressure rises, blood is shunted away from your digestive system. Your body increases strength and speed as if the stressor was a matter of life and death. And your rational mind is also affected during stressful situations. Considering the long-term consequences of your behavior is not an option in those stressful moments. For many of us, getting stuck on something can happen quite regularly. And getting out of it may not happen as quickly as it does in nature. And some of us are living one stuck moment to the next with no relief in sight. Research shows that there's a harmful effect on our bodies when we face cumulative emotional stressors, one that may lead to a variety of physical or mental illnesses like heart disease or diabetes and even depression. So I view all of the various stoppings that I implement in my life as wellness tools that I can draw upon when needed in real life emergencies, 
Okay, quote-unquote emergencies, but emergencies. There's endless opportunities to implement stops in your life because life itself can be your practice. Like your alarm didn't go off in the morning or someone used up all the hot water before you were just about to get into the shower or there's no milk left in the refrigerator for your morning coffee or there's unexpected traffic on the way to work. Consider the triggers that exist in your life and how instead of viewing them as obstacles, which is what we typically do, you can view them as your practice. All of the things that typically trigger you in your life are opportunities for you to practice taking a stop. By redirecting your attention away from your story and toward a stop, you will cause a physiological change that supports the healing process. The stop can benefit you by slowing down your heart rate and lowering your blood pressure and lowering the production of stress hormones. It can help to elicit a relaxation response to your muscles. Stopping is powerful. Yet stopping isn't necessarily easy, especially when you are in the heat of the moment. As I mentioned earlier, it goes against our natural tendency to stop because our natural tendency is to stay in motion. It's worthwhile, in fact, to practice stopping on a regular basis, even when you're not stuck on something, in order to build up what I call your stop muscle. So this cognitive process of stopping, it's like learning a new skill or introducing a new habit into your life. It takes a lot, a lot of practice. And there will be many times when you forget to take the stop or you feel unable to take a stop. But over time and practice, stopping becomes more familiar and it will become more accessible to you. In fact, I find the more I stop, the more the practice of stopping engenders more intended and even unintended useful stops in my life. Personally, I implement taking stops in the mornings. I try to wake up before my kids wake up. It's not always easy and it doesn't always happen, but that's my uh, morning goal. So while most people get up and go, I get up and stop on purpose. And when life doesn't allow that, I take a stop as soon as they are off to school. So what is the stop? What do I mean I take a stop? Well, first of all, I take a seat. I have a meditation cushion that a friend of mine gifted to me that I absolutely love. And it's actually a part of our furniture now in our living room. It sits on the floor. And that is my go-to stop for when I take my stop. So I take a seat on that. And I bring all of my attention to my breath. I take the posture. I gently close my eyes. I notice my shoulders 
And I notice when thoughts begin to arise, as they will do, they always do, I practice not to follow the thoughts, but rather to notice where my attention traveled to, like what was on my mind in that given moment. And then I practice redirecting my attention back to noticing my breath. And by noticing my breath, I don't mean I ponder about it or I evaluate how I'm breathing, but rather I just notice that I am breathing. So let's try this together. I said that this episode would be a little experiential. Let's do this now, just for a few seconds. If you are in a situation where you can take a seat and you can close your eyes, please do so. Of course, if you're driving and you're listening to this podcast episode, do not do this. But even if you are driving, you can take a moment and just notice your shoulders. And you can still bring all of your attention to your breath. And notice that you're breathing. Just allow yourself to watch and witness each inhalation and each exhalation that comes in and out of your body. At some point, a thought or a sensation or an emotion or a memory, something is going to come to your mind and distract you. And when it does, you don't judge it, you just basically notice it. Notice what came to your mind. And then again, gently guide your attention back to your breath again. And then you can gently open your eyes. So we just took a, a short stop. It's important to note that the stopping practice does not always come easy. So for me, sometimes when I sit, I get totally lost in thought. And only 20 minutes later, I recognize I didn't attend to my breath for more than a second. By the way, when I take my stop, I set my alarm. And I have various times on my phone. Sometimes I set it for 12 minutes. Sometimes I set it for 20 minutes. Sometimes I set it for 30 minutes. Sometimes I set it for five minutes. It really depends on each day and the amount of time that I can dedicate to it. But I really like using the alarm because then I know that I can sit and focus on practicing the stop without worrying what time it is and how much time has passed. It really creates a sense of relief that I can use the stop and use the clock. So I encourage you to do that also. Some days I'm more focused than others. This is normal and totally acceptable and it's, this experience is not meant to be judged. The purpose of the stopping is the practice itself. Each time I make the time and the effort to stop, I know I benefit no matter what because I'm offering myself an opportunity to familiarize my mind with the experience of stopping. 
And in addition to taking stops in the mornings, I try to infuse my day with stops throughout the day, whether it's taking a break at work from the computer or taking a stop before I eat or taking a stop before I go to bed. And anytime I'm working with a client one-on-one or in a group, we always start out our sessions with a stop. There are so many worthwhile opportunities to take stops throughout the day. Even if you are not necessarily stuck on something in this very moment, you can notice how paying attention to one complete breath like we did right now, how did that affect you? And consider how taking a mindful breath or two, or three, when you really are stuck on something, how that might be even more powerful. When you stop amidst a stuck moment, it brings you one step closer to emotional well-being. I learned another image that I'd like to share with you. It's something I learned when I was once at a meditation retreat. The teacher spoke about a snow globe. I think that's what it's called. You know those things that you can buy at a souvenir shop? So this was the image. When you shake that snow globe, it gets clouded. And you can't see the picture behind it. The snow represents your thoughts. The snow makes it unable for you to see the picture. But when the snow starts to settle just like your thoughts do when you take a stop, the picture becomes clearer. And this is what I find happens, even if it's subtle and even if it's not so dramatic, when I take a stop, reality is less clouded. I'm in a, in a different place. I'm more calm. I'm more prepared to get unstuck. My mind is less jumbled with my thoughts and my emotions. So that is the stop in a nutshell. You will hear more about it, where and how you can take stops in real life situations in all of the stories of this podcast. So please continue to stay tuned in. And before I sign off, take a moment and think about how you can start taking stops in your life today. Where in your home or where at your work can you consider taking a regular stop? Remember, it doesn't have to be long. What times during the day would be most conducive for you to take a stop? How can you consider scheduling a stop into your life? And I'm not kidding. Literally putting it in your calendar for 10 minutes, 15 minutes, five minutes every day, different times during the day where you're saying, I'm taking a break and I'm taking a stop. And in what real life situations can you consider taking a stops? In other words, with whom in your life or what situations that you tend to get triggered, where can you visualize yourself taking a stop? Those are lots of questions to ponder, I know, but they are worth reflecting upon. 
I thank you for tuning into this episode. Next week, I will go back to sharing some personal stuck stories that we all can learn from. And until next time, I look forward to getting unstuck with you. Thank you for tuning into this episode of the Getting Unstuck podcast. For more information on programs, workshops, and retreats, check out our website, www.thestuckmethod.com.